At New Beginnings, we are people connecting people to Jesus and is ever restoring life where we live, work, and play. We want to raise relentless, spirit-led disciple makers who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. This resource is made available to equip and empower leaders in seeing how Restore Groups help accomplish this in the life of the disciple. I'm your host, Daniel Norris, and today I'm joined by Mr. Ben Lofton, our pastor of multiplication on our Gilmer campus. Welcome, guys, to another Group Leader podcast by New Beginnings Multiplication Team. Pastor Ben, we are back today for another Group Leader podcast. I hope you that are watching this video or listening to this podcast will find these episodes helpful when it comes to leading your group or the groups that God has called you to lead. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about an important topic. In fact, Pastor Ben, why don't you go ahead and introduce the topic that we're going to be discussing today? Yeah, today we are going to be talking about how as leaders we can call our people up and not out. You know, uh, if you've led any kind of group, Pastor Dan, you know mm-hmm. that there's always times where you just have to have difficult conversations. <laughs> yeah. Things are going on yes, in do. your group that need to be addressed, and there's a, a, a dance that we do about how do we, in a godly way, in a loving way, mm-hmm. address it without embarrassing someone and unnecessarily just causing harm uh, in their lives. So we want to make sure uh, that we know how to deal with these issues mm-hmm. uh, in, in a godly way and in a good way, and one that's good for the person right. and good for the group as a whole. I'm always uh, careful to think of, is the result I'm going for good for all of the people in the group, not just me right. or not just one or two people, but for everybody. So we want to make sure. And look, we can be honest here, right? We've all had that person in the group, right? Absolutely. I've been a, a group leader from a high school group leader to young adult leader to even and currently today leading life group and leading a restore group. And here's what I'd say. And that no matter what group I've led, there's always that person or a few of those people that are um, just very outspoken, that are very opinionated or that just... Sometimes, honestly, if I feel at times that they just like <laughs> to create um, tension or... It's drama. Drama. Yeah, yeah. They, sure. they They love the drama. And so our job as leaders, what we really want to do is um, love them and coach them in a way that we, we're calling them up, um, not out. We're calling them in, into uh, wanting to see them restored, wanting them to become more and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is our job as a leader is to just... And disciple them in a way that um, that allows the Holy Spirit to move and work in their life, that they they end up becoming and looking more like Jesus in in every area of their life. And so, so that's the topic we're talking about today: is how do we get, uh, how do we help people get better and grow? How do we deal with those issues that that pop up in our group from a positive perspective instead of letting our flesh as a leader rise up and just. Um, lashing back out at them or saying some things that we probably shouldn't say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's look at the difference today between calling out and calling up because, Pastor Ben, there is a difference. It's not the same thing. In fact, let me give you a quick definition uh, of calling out, and I would not look this up because this is kind of a hybrid or a made-up version or a made-up definition of this from the Urban Dictionary. And so here is the definition uh, that I put together for this so that it would help us understand what this really, what it is to call someone out, where if you have someone uh, in a group that loves just calling people out, to call out means to, to challenge someone in some way or 
to put it bluntly, just to blast them in front of everyone. So you've all been a part of that situation. I've been called out before by coaches or just different people, and they kind of put you on the spot. They call you out. They don't have much grace in those moments. And so there is a, a big, big difference of what it looks like to call someone out versus uh, lovingly and graciously calling them up. In yeah. fact, let me just give you a funny example. Here's what that might look like. If you're wondering, like, what does that mean? What does that look like maybe in a life group setting or in one of my group settings? It would be like if you came to, my, to our life group, Pastor Ben, and you were telling everybody that, you, man, I'm, I'm, it's January, it's the end of January, we're getting to February now, um, and I've been dieting, I've been working out. In fact, I've lost 30 pounds over the last six weeks. And someone in the group, maybe me, maybe I'm that person that just speaks up and says, I don't believe you. In fact, I don't think you've lost 10 pounds, and I'm going to need to see some before and after photos to prove that you've lost 30 pounds over the last six weeks, Pastor Ben. I mean, I, as funny as that is, that, 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 that's those outward spoken people. That's those people that just say whatever's on their mind, whatever they're thinking. They have very, very little filter. Uh, you don't know anybody like that, do you? No, no. And, it, and honestly, it sounds like a really enjoyable time. <laughs> Your group sounds like it's really functioning at a high level. Very, and, very. And uh, I would probably be offended and, and want to fire back. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the truth of the matter is, Pastor Neil, I have not been working out. Therefore, I have not lost 30 pounds in six weeks. So you would be right to challenge that, but maybe not in that way right. and in that setting, yeah. I think is the point we're trying to make yeah. there, right? Yeah. So as funny as that is, and as goofy as a, of an example as that is, um, you guys get the point. It, it's, it's that person that has, like I said, very little, if any, filter or self-control when it keep, comes to keeping their opinions to themselves. Uh, so instead of acting like them as a leader and uh, letting our flesh rise up and doing what you said, like you wanting to fire back at mm -hmm. them, um, there's a better way. Instead of firing back and just calling them out, there is a better way. And we as leaders are, are, are called not to call them out, but instead to call them up. And we get this principle from Galatians 6.1. In fact, Pastor Ben, Galatians 6.1, here's what it says. It says, brothers and sisters... If someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. I love this because it seems as though Paul knows human tendency. He knows that um, when we uh, get called out, there's a part of us, what he would describe as the flesh, the tendency to rise up to want to just lash back out, the, out at them or to, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them or to call them out. And I love that, that, that Paul says, um, don't be overtaken by that. Mm. He says, you who are spiritual. In other words, you who are spiritually mature, you who are walking in the spirit, not in the flesh, you as leaders who we should be practicing walking in the spirit, he says, restore such a person with a gentle spirit. <laughs> that's that's tough to do, isn't it? What a what a beautiful picture, though, right? Yeah. Because I think it, we all know this. <clears throat> gentleness receives gentleness, right? If I if I enter into these conversations with a gentle spirit and a gentle motive, I'm going to get a, a gentle response, or at mm -hmm. least a more gentle response. But if I enter into it with an aggressive, 
harmful mm-hmm. intent, I'm going to receive aggression back. Right. So I think Paul's really speaking to the core of, of, of human beings in interaction, which is, you know, you, you, you give, you're going to receive what you give. So if right. I enter into it with a gentle spirit, chances are the person is going to respond at least in a much more gentle fashion than they would have before. And we've got a better chance of it actually going anywhere helpful or useful if we, if we follow that example that Paul gave us in Galatians 6.1. Absolutely. So let me, let me give you an example of uh, what it means to call up instead of call out. In fact, calling up is this. It is, um, it is being gentle, like Paul says, but it is this. It is a, you as the leader having a desire to see this person that's in your group that God has given you the great privilege of shepherding and leading. It is you as the leader desiring for this person to grow. You're wanting them to grow up. You're wanting them to mature. You're wanting them to develop as a disciple, as a Christ follower, and become all that God's called them to be. That's a big difference than just calling them out. We want to call them up, not call them out. And so as a leader, I want to call you up to live and walk in, in ways that that God has designed and intended you for to walk, intended for you to walk and live as a disciple. So when you and I approach conflict, here's what we've got to uh, ask ourselves. We've got, it starts with our motivation. Mm-hmm. When we enter into that difficult conversation, when we enter into that, when that person speaks up and they, they call someone out or, or they just bring drama into the group for whatever reason. And so as the leader, you, you have to know what your motivation is. And so a great question to ask yourself when you when you're about to enter into one of those difficult conversations or uh, get involved in some of those situations is this do i want truth to be spoken or do i want truth to be heard wow i mean that that you let that sink in for just a moment do i want truth to be spoken or do i want truth to be heard now truth to be spoken means this It, it is we we've all been there before and it's this it is desiring to just get something off my chest it is me wanting to just say it right now say what i'm thinking say what i'm feeling it's really all about me and it's not at all about the other person yeah right yeah for sure it's it's me wanting to just react it's me wanting to say exactly what i i think it's me wanting it's what it's me wanting to put them in their place and it's just i just want to Tell them the truth. I want to tell them like it is. Have you ever had those moments rise up in you? Yeah, absolutely. I would think that for uh, much of my life, one of the areas of sanctification was for me has been how do I move away from being that blunt? Right. And we use this idea of, of telling someone the truth as a shield mm-hmm. to hide our motivation, which is really just to kind of be mean and mm-hmm. to be blunt and direct and not to deal with the sinful tendencies in my heart that lead me to speak that way. Because Jesus did nothing but tell truth. Right. But it was always from love. It was never had the motivation of pride or just to be aggressive with somebody. So I've dealt with it plenty in my life. And I know that um, the old adage of you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar is, is certainly true, right? Yeah. I can speak truth without being blunt and without battering someone over the head uh, with that truth. Right. Uh, but to your point, if I want them to hear it, I've got to find a better way to say it, yeah. regardless of if it's true or not. Yeah. That's good. As soon as you were saying that, Pastor Ben, I was reminded in Scripture where it says that Jesus was full of grace mm-hmm. and truth. Uh, and, and you mentioned it earlier. Like I, when I when I approach someone, and Paul tells us that when I approach someone in this situation, like 
I, I've got to be loving and gracious, like calling them up, not calling them out. Mm-hmm. And so our, our fleshly, natural tendency at times is going to be just to speak the truth. I, I want to be heard. Uh, I want truth to be spoken. And, and we sometimes um, uh, use the excuse of, well, I just tell it like it is. Right. You've heard people say that before, right? Sure, absolutely. I, I'm just a truth teller. I just, I, I just tell, I just, I just straight to the point, tell it like it is. But as leaders, we've got to know um, the difference when we're just trying to uh, speak truth or when we really desire that truth be heard. describe to you what it means when we approach that difficult person or that difficult situation and instead of calling them out we want to call them up and instead of just saying i I want truth to be spoken we say no i I really desire as the leader for truth to be heard here's what it means if when we operate under that um, in that context of wanting truth to be heard it's that i really want this person to understand I'm seeking understanding from them. I'm not thinking about how I say it so that I feel good about it, but how can I say this in a way that really helps this person understand it? Mm -hmm. How do I help them understand and and wrestle with this and think about this and then walk away and and make some changes in order to, to grow and to mature through this difficult situation? And so we need to understand the why. Like, Mm -hmm. why am I engaging in this conversation? What is my true motivation? Do I genuinely care for this person and want the best for them? Or do I just want to put them in their place? You see, the biggest difference between calling out versus calling up is the motivation behind what you do. And let's be honest, Ben, most people don't enjoy or pursue conflict. Uh, I mean, there are a few of them out there, right? <laughs> I think you, you and I have talked a little bit about right. that. Like there yeah. were at times in your life. Yeah, that I, uh, I, thri- I thrive. Pre-Jesus, right? In, in Before conflict. the Holy Spirit really Correct. just Correct. started chiseling away some of those things in your life. Like you, you, were, you, didn't, you, weren't, you didn't shy away from conflict at all. Yeah, no. And I, I think I, I love your point about motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of, the things, one of the lessons I've learned about conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen. And if you're a person that walks in, under the mantle of leadership, you're going to have to learn how to deal with conflict. But yep. you all, I always go into it is I begin with the end in mind. What's my expectation yep. of this interaction? Mm-hmm. If my expectation is for that person to be embarrassed, well, I'm going to come at it in a much different way than if I approach it, like you said, that I want them to hear the truth in such a way that it begins to shape their heart and change their attitude towards the thing we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I think that the motivation is everything when we talk about yeah. this. And so we have to be very careful uh, that we're, 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 we're viewing the people we're leading as, uh, as people we want to grow in Christ's likeness as opposed to people we want to fix. If I want to fix somebody, I can be pretty blunt with it. But if, I, if, I, if I'm looking at them as a brother and sister in Christ and I want them to grow, then it changes my motivation. It changes the attitude with which I deliver whatever message it is that we have to talk about. That's good, man. Uh, so, so Ben, here's what I, I want us to do for the next few moments as we, as we start to wrap this, uh, this episode up. I want us to walk away with some very 
uh, tangible, very practical application as leaders. Like we've talked about the why and why we do those things, the motivation and how, why we as leaders should want to call people up and not out. But now I want us to get practical and talk about the what. Yeah. Like what is it that we as leaders can do? What are the questions that we can ask? Uh, what should we do to navigate those difficult conversations and those situations that we might find ourselves in as a leader? And so, Ben, give us a breakdown of some of those things, and and what is it that lead that what is it that leaders are what are leaders' responsibilities when it comes to when they see an issue with someone in their group, whether that be. Uh, let's just say you you have a guy or or someone in your group and you see unfaithfulness or you see uh, just blatant sin in their life that they're walking in sin or that they're walking uh, contrary to God's word and what what is best for them. Like what what are some things? What are your responsibility? What is your responsibility as a leader when it comes to dealing with this these issues and how do you call them up instead of calling them out? Right. So here's what I would say. Uh, the first thing I would think of is I don't have the luxury of avoiding it. Right. So many people, when we talk about conflict or difficult conversations, my idea is just out of sight, out of yeah, mind. If I don't pay attention to eye. it, I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. But as a, as a leader in God's church, uh, we've been called to a higher standard. So mm-hmm. we, we, we have to address it. So the question then becomes, how do we do it? Mm-hmm. So here's a couple of things I would tell you. Very rarely are these conversations best had in a public forum. <laughs> Very rarely. Yeah. Very rarely do you have an, an edifying moment that takes place when you address a yeah. difficult circumstance with another brother or sister in Christ, and that happens in a public setting. So even if something happens in your life group room, it probably doesn't need to be addressed in your life group room. Uh, a good friend of mine one, one time said, when you're in a life group leading, uh, you need to realize the difference between a stump that you plow over and one that you plow around. <laughs> and when That's something good. happens in your life group yeah. room, many times you need to plow around that stump so that later on you can go back to it yeah. and address it. So try to have one-on-one conversations. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would tell you is always speak truth in love. Yeah, you always. I, I have to love the person that I'm dealing with. Otherwise, I'm never going to speak truth to them in such a way uh, that God wants to use it to mold their life. So I, I would say it this way: um, we have to be careful that we want to get it right and avoid trying to be right. Yeah, I avoid. If I'm trying to be right, then I'm just going to say whatever I think is the right thing to say. But if I want to get it right, if I want to lead from a position of love, then I do so in such a way uh, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit move in me to speak to that person in a loving way as a brother and sister in Christ. So much like when I tell my children, when I discipline them, I put my arm around them afterwards and I say, hey, buddy, I want to let you know that I love you. As a matter of fact, I love you too much to allow that to continue to go on in your life because I know where that's going to lead, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just think that's really the motivation of our heart is important uh, in that. Ask more questions than you do give answers. Avoid giving advice. Nobody needs to worry about what I think about how they're that's acting. Good. But I need to listen to them, where they're at in life, what's going on that leads their motivations. And then I need to point them back to the person that does need to speak into their life, which is Jesus, and allow mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit uh, to move in their life. My job is only to point them to Christ, it's not to go, let me give you eight different ways to be a better husband. I don't, I don't have a position to do that. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit of God is the thing that needs to do that. So when there's sin in their life, I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I know that I can interact with a person in such a way and point them to uh, the Holy Spirit. And the last thing I'll say is uh, avoid it being a debate. We're not in a fight here. Right. It's not a conversation about you being right or me being right. This is something that God has laid on my heart. I'm bringing it to you as as a thing I see. Mm -hmm. And if they want to push back on that, that's okay. We're not going to argue about it. 
Uh, but just understand that I'm not responsible for their response to me. I'm only responsible for what the Holy Spirit's called me to do. And as a leader, he's called me to out of love and care and concern for his church and for his people to point these issues out and deal with them in a way that hopefully leads to some resolution and not to further conflict. But I'm not responsible for managing uh, managing the situation in such a way that it turns into a debate or an argument about mm-hmm. the rightness or wrongness of it. Yeah. And those are some good good points. And so let me just uh, re- rehash those real quick for a quick review. If you were if you're taking notes or if you're like, man, I missed that. Um, the first one you said, Ben, was that you'd you speak the truth in love, right? Mm-hmm, correct. That uh, I love that illustration about um, just like when you whenever you've had to make a correction with your kids or uh, discipline them, and for whatever reason that you put your arm around them and go, man, I love you. Uh, but I love you too much to let you keep going down that path mm-hmm. because uh, that path ends in um, destruction. It's gonna it's gonna hurt. It, it, that that fall is not gonna be very fun at yeah. all. And so the next thing you you mentioned is that um, ask more questions instead of just giving your opinion or giving answers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not trying to be the Holy Spirit in their life, but uh, just being guarded and careful with what you say and how you say it full of grace and truth and always uh, undergirded, guarded by love, like letting that be the motivation, the desire of your heart and the way that you're coaching them and teaching them and calling them up, not out. And I would say that in that too, that allows us to be charitable Mm -hmm. and not to act like we already have all the answers. Oh, that's good. I may know how they're acting, but I don't know what's going on in their life that's causing them to react in this way. So as a leader and someone that loves them, I have to I have to help them uncover the motivations for what's going on rather than just coming in with all the answers already and going, I know everything. So let me tell you, we need to give people, our people especially, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I, I think in those moments, as soon as you said that, Pastor Ben, I was reminded of a. Uh, this is a great question to always keep in your in your belt, ready to use at all times when you're dealing with people in your in your different groups and different environments. When you're dealing with that that person that just keeps stumbling, they kind of keep tripping over themselves, so to speak. Is is not in public, but in private. Go to them and go in. Help me understand. Mm-hmm. That's a great question to ask and to ask often, yeah. as to let to just throw that out there and say, "Hey, Ben, help me understand like what's going on in your life, what's going on in your world. Why is this like seem to be a constant issue over here? Like, help me. I really want to understand." Uh, and I think when you do that, it's 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 putting it back in their court and letting them um, look in the mirror or, or inspect their own life and, and ask themselves some of those hard questions to go. And why do I do that? Why do I act like that? Why do I lash out? Why do I call people out? Whatever it may be that they're walking through and dealing with. And so, and here's what I would say, last but not least, leaders, as we get ready to wrap this episode up, is especially in a life group setting, is is be aware of where your people are on their journey. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, in our restore groups, for the most part, uh, in our restore groups, all of those people are believers because that's one of the, the, the prerequisites, the qualifications for a restore group is that they've already received Christ as their Savior. They're walking with Him, and they have a, a hunger and a passion and desire mm-hmm. to grow in, in their discipleship journey. But with Life Group, we invite everyone. We have monthly hangout nights. We have social gatherings where we invite our friends and neighbors from the places where we live, work, and play. And, and some of these people that may attend our life group or visit our life group uh, and may just be checking out our life group, they may not be believers yet. And so when you have some of these difficult conversations, it's important to remember uh, to know where they are, to be aware as the leader of this person may not know 
what I'm about right. to mention here. Like, be aware of where they're at on their journey. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely. Here's what the, the very simply put: I think that we can't expect lost people to do saved people things. Mm-hmm. So if I don't know someone's story, Pastor Daniel, then right. I don't know. I can assume, but assuming always gets me into a weird position. So right. if I don't know if somebody's saved, I think the first thing for a leader to do is take them to coffee and have a conversation. Yeah. Before you ever talk about the behavior, find out about their position in their relationship yeah. with Christ. Yeah. And if they're lost, well, they're going to act like they're lost. They're going to act like lost people act, just like I did before I knew <laughs> Jesus and you did before you yeah, knew absolutely. Jesus and everybody. Yeah. So make sure that before we <clears throat> treat people in such a way, or hold them to the standard of someone who belongs to Jesus, mm-hmm. let's make sure that they actually belong to Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Well, leaders, I hope this episode has been uh, beneficial to you. I hope that it has uh, challenged you. I hope it's been encouraging. I hope that you've gotten some great um, nuggets of truth to hold on to that you will use in your uh, as a leader in your life group or your restore group. And here's what we want you to know here at New Beginnings is we are your greatest fans. We are for you and we want to be available to you. If you have, uh, if you if you ever run up against a roadblock or a difficult situation, that you just can't seem to get past in your life group or in your restore group. We want you to know that we are available. Your other multiplication ministers are available. And that is our joy. Like we want to come and walk alongside of you and and just be a, a tool in your belt that you use to help you as you equip and make disciples. And so we want you to know that we love you. We're praying God's best for you as you continue to make disciples.